Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest, Nadia Lovell, a senior U.S. equity strategist over at UBS Global Wealth Management. Nadia, so as I laid out there, the big drop in oil, the Brainerd comments, um, the easing of bond deals, that all helped us rally here off of what was oversold conditions. But I'd put it to you that nothing really changed. So wise to stay defensive? Yeah, I mean, we would agree. I mean, I think also today you saw some short covering, but when you look under the hood, I mean, there was some dispersion and no consistent themes. You did see some defensive sector like utilities outperform, but at the same time, you saw cyclical and growth tilted sector like consumer discretionary and materials also do well. Um, I do think that ultimately that we are sort of in this choppy trade and range. Ultimately, we think that any sort of near-term rally that you're seeing in the market are bear market rallies, and we wouldn't chase them. So we do think that you should use this opportunity to really continue to reposition, trim some of that growth exposure, reduce some of that cyclicality, and continue to shift towards value and defensive. Right, absolutely. So, in other words, what we saw was a just a bit of a, a, a gut check on the upside, as it were, a, a rally in the bear market. Yes, you know, I think you're. I think that you know the market continues to hang on every word coming out of the Fed. I didn't think that the comments today were. Um, it sort of signal any pivot and it is indeed in our view it remains hawkish and I don't think it settles the debate on whether we get 50 basis points or 75 basis points next week. I mean what's clear to us is that the Fed continues to emphasize that they're not done until they get inflation or see inflation moving back towards that 2% target and we know we're a long ways away from that. Yeah, the essential message keeps coming through. We'll fight inflation until the job is done. However, uh, and well, what what Lael Brainerd said, uh, what she added to that uh, was uh, basically that, you know, we don't want to over tighten. I think that's kind of a no brainer. Uh, I don't think many people would be rushing to buy on that. But but it does tell you, it does suggest that the Fed is still thinking about a soft landing. And that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. You know, we're not calling for an outright recession, although we all can admittedly, you know, see that the risk of recession increase as we move above the neutral rate and move more into restrictive policy, um, restrictive monetary policy. But we'll see what the data is saying. Uh, we uh, like us and the Fed, we're monitoring the data very closely. And I think that the Fed will look to pause if they see that the uh, the economy is tipping into recession. I think that ultimately they do want to avoid a recession and, and end up in a soft landing. All right. Well, which bit of data do you think is going to be more important for them looking ahead now and looking about the Fed here? I mean, certainly payrolls uh, last week. We also have, I think, on the 13th, we've got CPI numbers coming out. And they're going to be absolutely key here. Is there likely to be any kind of uh, any sign within those numbers that uh, inflation is abating very quickly? 
Yes, I think, you know, uh, the CPI number on Tuesday is is sort of key here. We're looking for around 8% uh, uh, moderation down from the last reading that we saw. I mean, we have seen energy prices fall. We've seen used car prices fall, air travel, rent, and all of that. As a portfolio manager, Nadia, you know, how has your... Um, your strategy changed or is it something which has remained the same but you have to wait for your opportunities to actually ex execute? Yeah, I would say what we have done over the last quarter or so, we have continued to lean in and shift more defensively and also uh, continue to move more into value. I mean, we recently upgraded consumer staples to our most preferred because when you look at historically, this is a sector that tends to fare well in economic slowdown. Earnings tends to be a lot more resilient. And also from a value standpoint, um, we still are in an elevated inflation environment. And we all know it's going to take some time for uh, inflation to come down. And when we look at value historically, value tends to do well in a high inflation environment. So we continue to lean into value as well. So that's how we're positioning. We'd be, we uh, have been um, you know, underweight um, uh, on, on the growth areas of the market um, and more favor value and the defensive areas of the market. I mentioned I wanted to talk to you about Apple. Um, feel free to avoid <laughs> discussing the company in particular if you want. But uh, it's just interesting that they're not raising prices this year. It, it, okay. it may say something or it may not. I mean, you can interpret that as um, they're a little worried about demand. You could, you could also interpret it as, you know, they, they have such power that they can really manage their margins so well they don't need to. You know, I think it's somewhat encouraging that you aren't seeing any price increases from some of these larger companies. But at the same time, it shouldn't be overly surprising. I mean, these are high price discretionary products. You know, we continue to see the consumer shift away from goods into for services. And reality is many people have already acquired their smartphone. They've already upgraded during COVID, just given the importance of communications. And so, you know, it's not surprising to see some sort of weakness in this area. We've been hearing that from the semiconductor system been some read through for a few months weakness in smartphone weakness in pcs and also even more recently some weakness in, in gaming so we aren't too overly surprised not to see um price increases um within the, uh, the smartphone segment of the market uh nadia what i will say is though um you know <laughs> did they really need to raise prices considering the dollars appreciated 11.3 percent since the start of the year which of course means that they uh, making money still on on the currency, and that brings me nicely to talk about where you think the dollar's going and how does it fit into your uh, in terms of what you do. Yes, you know we uh, we do think that near term that there's um, more upside to the dollar, just given how hawkish the Federal Reserve has been in determination to bring down in in inflation. Of course, the dollar has been a headwind to S and P earnings all year. We've heard it from the multinational companies; it shaved off a couple of percentage points off of earnings growth. We know that about thirty five percent or so of S and P revenues are coming from overseas. So this is something that we continue to monitor and think that that is also a risk to our earnings outlook as we head into 2023, even though our earnings expectations are uh, much below consensus. The dollar is going to be key here, as well all, uh, as all uh, also what's going on in Europe in terms of where they are in terms of recession, how long and deep that recession could be. 
So you've outlined how you're positioning uh, yourselves pretty defensively here. Uh, there's a lot of different um, sectors in there in the defensive category. So if you could just expound again what you like the best. And then also, what would be the sign uh, to maybe start to move away from that strategy and get more aggressive? Yeah, so in addition to consumer staples, we also have a preference for healthcare. We've had a preference for healthcare for several months now. We continue to think that the valuation within this sector remains very attractive. This is a sector, the only defensive sector that's really trading at a discount to the broader market. We've also had some recent news from a policy standpoint in terms of drug pricing reform through the Inflation Protection Act. We think that that is going to add some clarity to the market and some of the overhang that's been on this area of the market for quite some time should be able to remove, be removed and we can see some multiple expansion. Also, earnings tend to be really resilient in uh, recessionary environments within healthcare. In terms of what would cause us to shift away and you know lean into the other segments of markets, I think you have to see historically what you have seen in terms of bear markets and we think we will remain in a bear market near term. Quickly, so, quickly. Thank you very much. No, no, just let her finish quickly, a quickly. Fed pivot, a Fed pivot, uh, a peak in inflation and also a bottoming of um, PMIs. Yeah. Thank you, Nadia Level there from uh, UBS. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.